Welcome to the Earthling Lotus podcast. My name is Lauren, and this is the podcast where we discuss anything and everything in between within this experience we call life, as well as hear the stories of other creatives and artists along the way. So I hope you're ready to create a life that you love and learn to embody the most authentic version of yourself. Let the journey begin. everybody and welcome back to another episode. Today I have an amazing human here with me and her name is Pippin Jardine. She is currently inspiring over 60,000 individuals through her social media platforms where she shares her life, experiences, creativity, and her passion for veganism. All of which we dig a bit deeper into today as she shares her story as well as how she maintains a balance within her life and self-love rituals that allow her to keep creating and living a sustainable lifestyle. So, without further ado, let's welcome Pippin and get right into it. Welcome, and thank you for being open to share your story here on the podcast. So, I'd like to start with something I've just started, and I'm thinking of calling the weekly wrap. So, just to open things up a bit and reflect on the week before, so we may move on to the next week with positive intentions and keep evolving on our journey. So how has your week been? Anything exciting going on? Any stories? What have you learned? You know, this week has kind of been crazy for me, actually. I've gone through a lot of ups and downs. I transformed my whole That's really exciting. Um, I've dealt with a little bit of, like, just mental, um, But for the most part, I've been having a really good time. It's been raining like crazy, but I've been trying to focus a lot more on just spending time with myself and reflecting and journaling I've been writing like crazy so yeah I've just really spent this week kind of just like decompressing and going off of social media a little bit which is really nice and definitely needed but yeah that's amazing yeah I've been super busy but like a good busy Mm -hmm. I've been babysitting quite a bit throughout the week and trying to organize things and um, work on creative stuff as well but my first set of classes at the college end next week so I've been trying to get all like the final assignments done and before the next term starts but I just got yeah. a, I just got a planner and I'm never usually the one to write things down but really? yeah I, I just try and like mentally remember things but then I started to realize that maybe I should start writing them down do you write things down or anything or do you have oh, a planner too okay so I actually have a I have a journal by my bed I have a journal in the kitchen. I have a journal in the room that I work in. And I also have a planner. I have a calendar. I'm like a freak about writing lists. I have a whole list, like a journal dedicated to lit. Um, it just gives me like great satisfaction to like write down everything that I need to do in the day, all my intentions, and then just be able to like check the little boxes. I don't know. I just, I have to do that, especially during the night. Uh, I'm, I think a lot of people know, but I have really bad insomnia. So... The part, part of the reason I have insomnia is because my brain just doesn't shut off at night. So I would just, like, write these random notes in the middle of the night, and I'll, like, wake up, and it'll be, like, peanut butter and celery or something, which makes, like, no sense. But I just think at that moment it's, like, the most important thing to happen. So, yes, I'm, I'm a big player. A big list person, yeah. So I'd like to take it back a little bit, though. And you know how as kids we're always asked, like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you're finally a grown-up? What was your answer to that? What did you want to be? 
You know, I went through a lot of phases in my life. I obviously, I feel like every kid wants to be a vet at some time in their life. I wanted to be a vet for a little bit. And then I had, okay, it was like five years long. I really, really wanted to be an orthodontist. I don't know why. I just, like, loved the idea of braces and, like, everything to do with, like, straight teeth, which is just really weird. Um, And that was pretty much my two main things. But from the time I was, like, little to the time I was, like, right now, I've always just wanted to help people, like, whether that's helping animals or helping people. Like, I just have this, like, huge drive to just do something that will not only benefit myself but benefit the world, benefit the planet, and everyone living on it. And it's stuck to this day, so. That's so crazy. I can remember all the way back in preschool when I was asked that, I said I wanted to be a vet too. And it's Mm. even, like, printed on, like, the little trophy graduation thing. (laughs) Yeah, I stuck with that for years, and then it's crazy. You had braces, too, didn't you? Is that what kind of got the orthodontist thing? Oh, yeah, I had braces. How long did you have them for? I had braces for around two and a half years, and after that, I was like, no, don't want to be an orthodontist. I have no more interest in teeth or braces. So, yeah, it was it was quite the road, but I feel like some people have braces for, like, five years, so I'm pretty lucky. In that I know. Sense. I only had mine for, like, a year and a half, but although we are nowhere near being fully grown up, if that's even a thing, do you feel uh-huh. that you were born with such an entrepreneurial spirit, or were you, do you feel that you've been brought up in that sort of space? You know, my parents are both very entrepreneurs-ish, I guess. <laughs> Um, my mom is an artist, and she started sharing her art through Instagram, and that became her job. So that's really what made me start social media was just seeing my, how much my mom like was was allowed to do her passion, and it was something that really just sparked an interest in me. So I was like, I can you know share my passion with the world, and I can still make that a living. My dad has just gone leaps and bounds. Like he's the most incredibly strong person I've ever met. And he really started from the ground up. And that's just really inspiring for me. I mean, my brother is the same. Like me and my brother, when we were little, we were so close. And we still are close, but we just always had that bond. And he would, like, dress me up. He always wanted to do something with fashion or music. And I think I really was just brought up in a very free household. We were a little hippie baby with my messy hair and tie-dye. Like, it was really just – it was a really – comforting atmosphere and I really feel like that allowed the spark we always had an art room in our house so we always just wanted to create things so I definitely think that yeah that was a long explanation but (laughs) no that's so amazing it's so important to have a good support system and sort of inspiration like with people around you to do those sorts of things because in most households the parents have a nine-to-five job and they aren't home and so like the kids are on their own or you know they don't have that sort of exposure unless it's through social media or something like that but when did you begin to focus on building your social media and your own business through it um so the funny thing is I didn't have a phone until I was in eighth grade actually um my mom was always super conscious of electronics like we had tv time once a week when we were little and I really, like, at the time, I was kind of just, like, annoyed. I was like, why can't I have a phone? Like, all my other friends have Instagrams and Snapchats. Like, I just want that. But I really, you know, realizing it now, like, I wish that I had been appreciative of that time without a phone because it's so important when you're growing up to not have the influence of social media, especially now with all the crazy diets and unrealistic goals and everything like that. Um, but 
I really didn't start, you know, like thinking of social media as a career until probably like last year, honestly. And it kind of just all grew from there, which I'm just so thankful. I just had, it really started with like one YouTube video. It just kind of blew up and that was awesome. And then I just realized that I was actually impacting people's lives and will tell me that like, I'm the reason they went vegan or I'm the reason that they love themselves. And that's just my day. And that's like, honestly, what motivated it's just, it's amazing the community that I've built, and it's just so inspiring, and they're all, like, so incredible people, so incredible people, yes, great grammar, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, on Instagram, you can, in, in the settings, check and go back since when you started your account, because I've had it in Instagram since 2013. It's just, that's crazy to me how the world has changed so much. And social, not even just social media, but like technology, like kids are growing up in it now. Insane. Yeah. But because a big part of what you do through social media is share your life and your journey and experiences, as well as your passion for veganism, could you give a little background on your vegan story? What originally inspired you? Did you have a transition period of vegetarian beforehand? Yeah, so I went vegetarian around probably six months before, and honestly, nothing really sparked that besides the point that I just made the connection one day, and I was like, oh, like, I'm eating a chicken right now. <laughs> like, this isn't just barbecue chicken. This is an actual animal that was killed and is now on my plate, and that really clicked, but at the beginning, I was just, I wasn't really into it, and I was just super embarrassed by it almost, because I've just grown up in a house, and I think everyone, when they turn me, not ashamed, but they're just, they don't know how to react to it and I reacted very embarrassed and I was embarrassed to tell my parents I was almost ashamed of not eating meat because I just thought that you had to eat meat to be healthy and I just didn't really know what to do because I was in a state of not wanting to eat it but then also feeling like I, I had to but after that I went to summer camp and wow the vegetarian meals were just loaded with cheese like I can't even explain the amount of cheese that was on the vegetarian meals and I just came home feeling so sick and so just not myself and just like lethargic I researched more into dairy and I came across a YouTube video that said like what do you eat in a day as a vegan and I clicked on it and I went vegan overnight after that and that night I binge watched YouTube videos I watched earth things I watched forks over knives watched cowspiracy and I stayed up until 5, like 5 a.m. because I was just, like, my mind was just so blown with all the tales I've been told as little, like, just, like, debunking everything that I thought I knew growing up. And it was just, it was insane. So the next day was actually my 13th birthday. And I made, like, these vegan pancakes and I made ice cream for the first time because I saw someone eating it and I was just, like, yes like this is what I was meant to do like this is the right way like I'm so happy and that's that's pretty much all so you've been vegan for what almost three years now two three yeah I so I went vegan on my 13th birthday I'm 16 now so it was like it's been like two and like three quarters of a year pretty much but yeah yeah have you seen the speech by Gary Yurofsky mm-hmm. I watched that like a couple days after and I was like oh my gosh yeah, I watched that Gary Yurofsky speech, and I had already been watching, like, What I Ate in a Days, and just, like, I was so, like, engulfed in, like, the whole vegan idea that once I saw that speech, I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I'm yeah. vegan now. I can't 
I can't eat animal things, animal products anymore. So yeah, it was like one of the best decisions of my life. Like it was like this cloud had been lifted and it just brings like a whole new sense of awareness. And yeah, I'm sure it was super similar for you, but with our health, the animals and the environment being like the main factors affected by veganism. Yeah. Was there any one that you went vegan for first? For example, many people go vegan for health reasons first, and then they later make the connection with the animals, and that's what keeps them vegan. Did you have a similar experience, or was it all three from the get-go? Um, it was all for animals at the beginning. I really didn't realize anything else until a couple months after, but I've always been super environmentally conscious, and I love sustainability, and I love zero waste, and I just love the idea of making the least impact on the earth as possible. And I, so I'd watch Cowspiracy, but I was, I think I was just so tired. I just didn't really understand anything that was like going on. So I watched it again two months later with my parents and we were all just like, whoa, like this is crazy. So I definitely went environmental, like very hard (laughs) within the next couple of months. As for my health, I really didn't learn anything until probably around a year ago and since then I've just been super into nutrient-dense foods and finding what works for me and my body and just realizing the impact that animal products have on our bodies and you know how important it is to like nourish ourselves with the most vibrant plant foods out there and I really just made that connection with food and medicine and food and healing and the impact that it has on our body. So you said your parents watched Cowspiracy with you. How long did it take for them to go vegan after you? Did you inspire them or did they do their own research or both? Well, I was one of those vegans. I didn't tell anyone I was vegan, like even at my school until around a year after. And that's when someone like asked me like, do you want like beef jerky or something? They're like, why? And I was like, oh, well, I'm actually vegan. They're like, what? But my parents went vegan, I'd say probably around nine months after I went vegan. We were on a trip up in Mammoth, and we watched uh, What the Health, and they were just like, okay, well, we're vegan. (laughs) And it's just been so amazing to be able to grow on our vegan lifestyles and our vegan journeys with them because they're like my biggest supporters in all this. And my dad and my mom are both super into gardening. Um, If you guys have seen my garden, like we have a very large garden, and my dad's super into sustainability and you know, just growing your own food. So I think that he really made that connection also between the health side of it. And of course, my mom is more ethical because she's just a huge animal. But in all, I think we're all really in it for all the reasons. And yeah, but they went vegan so fast after I was definitely not expecting that. Do you think you would be vegan now or would have gone vegan as young as you did if it wasn't for social media and the internet? You know, I really don't think so because it's so hard to make that connection without one graphic images like showing you where your food is coming from and also I live in a dairy farm I mean not a dairy farm I live in a dairy county I live in a rancher area and every like our whole life we have a, like a butter and eggs day parade that's dedicated to butter and eggs so it's very it's a very non-vegan friendly town so I don't think I would because everyone who goes to school and everyone who lives here is either a farmer or has chickens and eats eggs or kills their own cows to eat and it's just not it's not like LA or somewhere like that where it's more cool and hit to be vegan it's just it's not cool at all <laughs> Yeah, like I live over 
in like a coastal little surf town. So it's very seafood focused. And like you said, like if you just meet someone on the, on, in the grocery store, you know, most people are buying the animal products. They're buying the meat because they haven't been exposed to it. And social media is like the breaking point where all the exposure sort of began because before that, maybe you'd meet like one or two vegetarians in like a year, but it really does like broaden the horizons. What advice would you give someone who is interested in going vegan? No, I would say to start slow. I think that one of the worst things to do is to not be for something and to just go for it. Like you have to do it in your own time. For me, that was overnight. But I also think that it's really important for the individual to realize that it's okay if you don't go overnight. It's okay if it takes you three months or a whole year. It's just the long-term impact of it is what really matters. And my biggest tip, I feel like a lot of people say this, is start with one meal a day. So maybe that's a plant-based breakfast. And then after a week, a day, or a couple months even, go to lunch. And then continue on that so that all your meals are vegan. And also, I really suggest not focusing too much on the health side of it at the beginning because you're going eventually adapt into knowing what fuels your body it's just finding foods that are comforting to you and you know you don't feel like you're missing out on anything because that's one of the reasons that I feel like people will go back to eating animal products is because they miss something or they wish that they could eat something because they just cut it out way too quickly so I definitely suggest you know finding yummy replacements like mac and cheese vegan mac and cheese like sandwiches that are loaded with just delicious stuff and everything that's comforting to you and reminds you of non-vegan food. Yeah, because we we vote with our dollars, so mm-hmm. even just those tiny switches still make a difference. And yeah. to take it a step further, what advice would you give someone who is trying to go vegan in a non-vegan household in which they need to convince their parents to allow them to make the switch? So this is something that I get asked. It's like one of my most asked questions. And I, it's, I, it's definitely a very hard topic to talk about because it's very individual to the person who is in that situation. Like, are your parents shoving food down your throat or are they just making you feel bad for not eating animals? And one of my best friends is in a non-vegan family and she's vegan. And it's definitely depends on the family because her family is very supportive. So it's easy for her. But I get people saying that they're parents are yelling at them to eat meat and that's a whole different story so worse comes to worse you're going 18 soon like no matter if you're 12 and you want to go vegan like you only have a couple more years and then you have the whole rest of your life so if it it's something that is making you get in huge arguments or be really disrespectful to your parent after realize that you're still under their household and you can't necessarily go and buy all of your food. So I think that that's also one of the tricky things is because obviously I would love for everyone in that situation to be able to in, but I also think that you have to do it in your own time. And for people who are a little older, it's great if you can go to the grocery store with your parents and then you can pick out, you can show them that it's not any more expensive, it's like cheaper, and then... You can also show them studies. I think that studies that show that you can get all your nutrients and protein and fat is really important to help your parents understand that you're going to be because that's why one of the main reasons that they don't want people to go vegan is because they're worried for you and they just want the best for you. So 
yeah, I definitely suggest that. Also, making vegan meals for your parents and showing them that it's delicious and satisfying is really important. And I know we already talked about some resources and documentaries, but what are some influential vegan individuals that you would recommend for them to follow and subscribe to to help them along their journey? I definitely suggest people like Ellen Fisher and Hannah McNeely. They're really great advocating for a vibrant diet. Um, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, suggest eating just 10 mangoes for breakfast. I don't know. I don't think that's very sustainable, but you know, they really inspire people to eat salads and to eat dark leafy greens. I think that's really important. And also people like Maddie Limburner and Tess Bag and Plant Proof is a really great resource. They have loads of documentaries um, linked and articles and all the doctors like Dr. McGregor, they have really important studies also. And I think that is really, it's tricky because some vegan influencers, you know, they advocate such different ways of eating that it's hard to find what works for you. But I think that the best necessarily influencer will be yourself and just testing out what works for you. Because as much as you can watch someone else, what they eat in a day, that's not for you. Like I know for me, loads of raw fruits and vegetables because it really hurts my stomach. I get extremely bloated and stressful. So I have to cook pretty much all my veggies and all my fruits and someone like let's say Ellen Fisher eats loads of raw fruits and raw vegetables so it's really you have to be influenced by yourself and your own body yeah because there's also like such different trends that are constantly changing throughout the social media platforms too like the high carb low fat veganism was a huge thing and then there's low low carb, high fat. And then there's just like the 80-10-10. There's so many different varieties. So it really just depends on the individual's body because they're all different. But moving on to something a little more personal, a little more vulnerable, self-love. What does self-love mean to you? Well, so throughout my whole life, I have struggled with anxiety and a little bit of depression in ninth grade. And I really... I just wasn't in a good place and so now looking back at it I still struggle with self-love because I you know like I feel like every other teenage girl including myself they have some sort of body image issue or some sort of you know something's wrong with your face or you think it is not actually but or something's wrong with the way you look and I think that comparison on social media has a huge influence on girls minds and on how much girls love each other so an important aspect for me with self-love is to unfollow everyone who feel bad about myself and who makes me feel ashamed or not love myself. And, um, you know, it's so important to have love because at the end of the day, you are the only person who you should rely on. You're, you're the only person who you can, you know, accept and you can fully trust. You know, friends may leave and go, family may leave and go, but you are always going to have yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you anything at all because I know a lot of people say if you don't have your health you don't have anything at all but the truth is if you don't have love towards just yourself like you won't be able to love anything else in this world you won't have a happy life so it's so important to make sure that you're getting to really dive deep into self-love and to do little rituals that make you happy so well said I totally agree with everything that you just said do you have any self-care rituals or practices that you do yourself? Uh, probably around once a week. I will take at least two days off social media. I've started this recently, and 
it's really helped me to just refocus, recenter, and ground myself on my real life and not just the online perception of me. And I will also, I really enjoy taking warm showers. And I used to be the person who I would just go in really quick, do cold water, wash my hair with cold water. And now I'm just, I'm like learning to take life a little slower and I will make like a healthy hot chocolate and I will go read by the fire. I've been super into reading lately and just doing the things that help my mood so much. Like exercise is so amazing for me. Um, I've been doing yoga consecutively and it's really impacted my life. And just those little things and just paint and laugh and just have fun. What sort of relationship do you have with yoga and meditation? I think you just made a video about it, how you did yoga for an entire year. Could you briefly just go over your experience with that and how it's affected you? Yeah, I, like you said before, I've done yoga every single day or more actually for a year. And I'm definitely going to stick with this because it's something that allows you to feel not only connection to the ground, but connection to yourself, a connection to your breath. And I think it's really important to have something that you can look forward to every single day because like I, I don't go to school, so usually at school I would look forward to just going home. <laughs> and now since I'm home all day, like I need something to look forward to and to you know fill my time with. And yoga is such an important practice for me, not only in the exercise scheme of everything, um, because I think that it's definitely you know it's just an amazing way that you can move and just be still and still realize on earth and that you can have fun while you're doing it i just put on some tunes i don't even listen to meditation music when i do yoga i just listen to like drake and really anything that <laughs> makes me feel happy and it's just amazing and meditation i've actually gone into recently um i'm really bad at it like i'm so bad at meditating because my mind just is one of those brains just doesn't want to shut off so it's just like going 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 so i i've been struggling with it a little bit but I've really been trying and it really helps me just like refocus and just clear the air yeah that's something with meditation that I've struggled with a little bit too but I've just made the realization that that's okay like our minds aren't really made to shut off completely it's more of just controlling it a little bit and trying to focus on one thing because I know there's different meditations like mantra meditations like a good mantra to start with is om like just saying om over and over and over so then it kind of trains your mind just to focus on that one thing but yeah it's kind of difficult when you're just starting and you're always told like shut your mind off make your thoughts all go away but I can't do that and it sounds like you can't either so it's just a really weird thing but just accepting that, you know, that's what your mind does and that you're more than your thoughts and that you can control them. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but do you like going to yoga classes or doing it more on your own? I actually don't go to yoga classes. I did for a little bit, but they're really expensive where I live. And I also, I don't like when people will, look, I don't like people looking at me in public in that sense because yoga teachers up and like adjust you and everything like that and I think it's just because I haven't found a good studio where I feel really comfortable in because the studio that I went to is just very I don't know it's just everyone there just wasn't a good vibe (laughs) and um I yeah so I do online I've been following Boho Beautiful tutorials for a while and I'm getting into Aloe Moves soon I'm super excited about that just to advance my practice and I also just honestly just flow by myself just wherever my body goes I just go along with it 
Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain time of the day that you prefer to practice? I usually do it around five or six. I feel like in the morning for me, I can't work out in the morning. I can't do anything in the morning because I'm just so focused on just getting through my <laughs> and I feel most productive in the morning. So I feel like if I am doing yoga, I fully focus on that. So I usually do yoga before dinner and I will like if I'm making a potato, I'll just stick it on the oven. I'll do my yoga flow and then go and eat. So it's a really good time. I can just like really start to unwind and yeah. That's awesome. But not only do you practice yoga, but you're quite active in general and love a good at-home workout. So you have a home gym in your garage, and you just started a new series on your YouTube of at-home workouts. So could you describe your ideal workout on a good day or even just your favorite ways of being active? I love hikes. That's Hiking and running are my, the two things that really... I would do it every single minute of every single day. I love running. I've always loved running. It's just been raining a lot recently. And also, I love at-home workouts. Um, a lot of people will just be like, I'll do an at-home workout if I you know, can't get to the gym that day. But I just do at-home workouts. Like That's all I do because that's what is fun for me. And I feel at home doing my workouts. And I love calisthenics. Body weight exercises are my absolute favorite. Like, it really allows my body feel strong and to be strong and I can't weight lift because of my back I went through this little phase but my back is just not good because of gymnastics but yeah those are my favorite is there anything you could say to someone who just needs that little extra push and motivation to help them get up and moving into a healthy and fit lifestyle but they just don't know how or they just dread going to the gym what would you suggest to be their first step I say if you dread going to the gym skip the gym you know there's so many ways to have a healthy life and just going for a walk with your dog is still exercise you're still getting in your steps you're not just sitting all day so that still counts and I think that if you're absolutely dreading something and you hate it or dislike it that much you know you don't have to do it you don't have to feel like you have to do it just because there's these gym group on you know social media who are their gym shark pictures and they're flexing their 12 packs like you don't have to look like that you don't have to do that um, if you want to lift weights, that's awesome. But, you know, you have to realize that there's so many ways to be active. There's rock climbing. You know, you can go on high walks. You can do yoga. You can do swimming. Like, there are actually, like, endless opportunities for exercise. And I think that if you want it bad enough, you will do it. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned journaling a little bit earlier. What sort of entries do you enjoy and find helpful? Because I personally like to write, like, what I'm grateful for and affirmations and goals and writing like quotes and poetry sort of writing so uh, what do you enjoy writing it changes every single day you know some days I'll wake up and I'll be really motivated to write a short story or I'll be really motivated to write poems I've always loved poetry I love the symbolic aspects of it but recently I've been just writing literally just anything that comes out of my brain whether that's if I'm feeling down I'll write everything down and it helps so much to write down things like you can say it out loud as much as you want but until you write it down like you were missing that piece of the puzzle and I really find that that helps me to just recenter myself and to find out really bothering me even if I don't want to admit it to myself I can still write it down so I'm really into affirmations I love mantras and positive you know sayings quotes and pretty much anything like that do you have any tips for someone who is just intimidated by the blank page and has no idea or how to even begin journaling? 
<laughs> this is kind of funny because sometimes I am too, and I'll just stare at it, and I'll stare at it, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, this is so white, so blank. So sometimes I'll just take, like, a marker, and I'll just scribble a little bit on it, <laughs> just to, like, just get that first little stroke out. And then I just kind of start, and, you know, I really like to do it in my room. I'll turn on my diffuser, and I'll just feel like, little yogi person with my meditation and my journaling but seriously you know you really just have to start and after that it's it just comes easily yeah like one of my friends she told me that I I always write super pretty and it's almost as if I always have like a certain purpose or intention behind my writing and I love that but she was like you know one day try doing this try opening up to a blank page and just writing whatever the heck comes to your mind first. And she called it brain dumping. And it was just the coolest idea because like you said, like if you have so many thoughts and ideas going through your head the whole, like all day, every day, it's like a never ending cycle. So it's really important to just like get it all out there. Cause once it's out on paper, you can keep it in your journal or like I heard something, a good idea. It was like to rip it out and burn it because you're like releasing that energy to make room for new creative energy. So I thought that was a really interesting idea. But yeah, yeah, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier too. So being teenagers and having grown up in this world of technology and social media, how do you find balance between work, school, spending time with family and friends, creative hobbies, staying active and social media? You know, I really wish I could have an answer to this, but, like, I don't really have that great of a balance um, because I'll be doing school, and then I'll open another tab, and I'll go on YouTube, and I'll reply to comments, and then I will be eating, and then I'll be replying to comments on Instagram, or I'll be doing something else. I've really been trying to do mindful eating, but that's a, that's a whole other story. And it's really hard to find a balance, especially when so much of my life is online, and it's just kind of hard at times because I'm just so overlooking at a screen and I'm someone who I need time to not be looking at a screen. I can't be like sitting down, staring at a laptop and then my breaks watching TV. Like I can't do that. I need to be outside. I need to breathe fresh air. I need to walk around without anything distracting me. And I think it's really important to just take breaks. I don't really take breaks, but I'm telling this to myself so that I can listen to this back and be like, yes, I need to take breaks. And I think that's really important to just get out of the space that you're in and just see a new environment. Since you do do online school, you're like constantly looking at a screen because you have to do schoolwork. And then when you edit videos and stuff, it takes hours to do that, like at least nine plus, depending on the video. (laughs) But on the topic of school, I'm curious about your stance on college at this point in time. Do you feel called or want to go or not so much? Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but my thing is I have no freaking clue what I want to do after high school. Like, it's kind of this point where I'm just, like, so confused. I just get stressed out even, like, thinking about it. But I've really, I grew up always wanting to get into Ivy Leagues and Harvard. I wanted to go to Berkeley for a while. I was in that mindset, and I think that high school is very tethered to making sure that you get into a year, and I think that there's a lot of pressure on kids to where your college is, but my thing is that I'm, if I go to college, I'm 100% going to a two-year beginning at the first part, because it's, like, there's no 
bring up besides your ego and your pride, and I feel like a lot of people are stuck to the idea that you have to go to four-year and you have to go to college in that matter, and you don't. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you shouldn't get a degree in entrepreneurship. You should, you know, go and start your own business and start from the ground up. But then again, I value my education so much, and I think it's so amazing that we have the opportunity to learn. So I definitely am interested in going to college at this point, but I can't really speak for myself in when that time comes. But right now, I'm definitely looking to go to college, the North Bay or something like that. I'm sort of the same way. I have no idea, but I'll already have two years under my belt by the time I'm 18 because luckily the school that I go to has a program called dual enrollment. So while you're in high school, you can graduate with a two-year degree. So I'm doing that. So then at least I'll have two years under my belt. But after that, I'm not sure if I'll go for my BA. I think I'd rather take some time off and get some experience and see sort of what if I am to go to college, what I would go for, because I would have some experience in different things. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But <laughs> before we move on to the end of the episode, could you think of a specific event or personal experience in your life that has shaped you and forced you to grow in a way that you never thought possible? Do you mind explaining how it affected you? And you don't have to go into too much detail if you don't feel comfortable, but we all go through things that most times aren't shared through social media, and sometimes it can make us feel like we're alone, but in reality, everybody has something or another that has had an impact on their life. So if you have anything, maybe just explain a little bit of how it affected you. Yeah, you know, I was. this is a thing that always comes to my mind when people ask me what shaped me into the person I am today, and I was a gymnast from the time I was around like five to the time I was 13 and I had to leave because my parents pulled me out they it was a very tough ship I would go home crying every single night I felt ashamed of the way I looked the way I felt I felt ashamed of having anxiety and I was put in a place where my coaches would scream at me and tell me to go to therapy because I was scared to do a skill on a high beam and it really shaped me first of all it made me have really bad that's where my anxiety started was in gymnastics but it made me realize after I was out how strong I had been during that time and it made me realize how freaking cool that was that I got through that and that if I could get through that I could get through anything and I know a lot it's so hard to imagine especially when I'm just like saying like oh I did gymnastics and I quit like it wasn't that simple and it was horrible like that part of my life was so terrible that it just had such a huge impact on who I am today and I you know I really want to do a video on something like this but I feel like it's just so vulnerable to open up about these experiences and I'm sure you understand because everyone has these things where you know some people may be like that doesn't seem that hard but it's like you you're not that hard to step in the shoes of someone who's gone through something that you can't even understand um but that definitely just changed my whole outlook on life and people who I trusted and everything in that sense. What ages did you say again? When did you start? Like 5 to 13. So it was very, um, what's the word, like fragile and very, you know, flexible in that sense. Yeah, and you're, that's like the stages where you're just beginning to develop and try to figure out who you are. And you're so young and so easily influenced and having that experience 
I cannot imagine because I was a gymnast as well with a totally different atmosphere and I just I yeah like you said like it's hard to imagine what someone may feel like because you're not in their shoes but every everyone has their thing and no matter how big or small like it still affects them to any level you know yes but so okay now on to the rapid fire questions before we end the episode (laughs) so what does happiness mean to you Happiness means that I'm living my life to the fullest and accepting everything, even the downfalls and the ups. Go-to meal? Ooh, baked sweet potatoes stuffed with beans and veggies and avocado and salsa and newt. (laughs) Hot drink you love at the moment? Uh, Hot chocolate. I'm just obsessed with chocolate at the time. (laughs) Describe yourself as a teenager in three words. Um, (laughs) non-outgoing, awkward, but caring and I'm at another one loving (laughs) if you had a plane ticket to anywhere in the world where would you go first uh Australia three colors you love at the moment yellow like a mustard yellow I've also been really into orange lately which is weird for me and also just white I don't know it's just I don't know if that counts but (laughs) what's your zodiac sign my zodiac sign oh my gosh why am I forgetting this oh wait I literally just wrote this down because I was so interested in it. Um, well, I know I'm a Leo. My zodiac sign, I was born in the year of the horse, and I can't remember, but I will, I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> what animal does your soul feel called and connected to? Definitely deer, 100%. Do you consider yourself introverted or extroverted? 100% introverted. <laughs> Are you a morning or night person? Morning, for sure. Living off-grid for two months, how would you spend your time? I would write, probably write a book or do poetry or just eat yummy food and lay on a couch. (laughs) If you could have any three people over for dinner, who would they be? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Um, Emma Watson, probably. Um, Probably Oprah and Michelle Obama. If you had the attention of the whole world for one minute, what would your message be? Stop the hate and accept everyone. What are three things on your bucket list? Ooh, well, okay. Um, going to Australia is still on my bucket list. I would also love to visit this specific temple that that we were watching a doc. It's super interesting. A super um, temple in Korea. And my third one, ooh, um, probably learn how to surf on a shortboard, which definitely counts because I just I'm not that talented on shortboards yet. Books, podcast, or music you've been digging lately? Ooh, um, books. I'm reading the whole Harry Potter series again right now, and I'm just going through a crazy Harry Potter phase right now. Music, um, I'm really into, um, what's his name? Oh, Tyron Wells. I'm super into him, and I love the song Banana Pancakes and just reggae. I don't know. It's just a very awesome music right now. Any podcast do you listen to? Um... Yes, I've been listening to Plant Proof a lot recently. I find it really interesting to hear about other vegan influencers and their life. And also, I used to listen to Euro Magic a bunch. I kind of stopped listening to that. Um, the Health Code is super interesting. And that's about it. I don't listen to too many podcasts at the moment. What is the best advice you have ever received or your, fa- or your favorite quote? Ooh, let me think. Um, probably... 
Well, what my mom always says is that the only thing that matters is what you believe. And I think that that is really impactful because you can, you know, have people say so much stuff about yourself or especially on social media. But if you don't believe that and if you know who you are and if you're authentic in yourself, like you can go through life with no like pain in that sense. And you can just really accept yourself and you can learn how to live your life and not be in the shadows of other people's opinions. I love that. Um, and then the next one is future plans and creative endeavors. And you don't have to go into too much depth because you probably want to keep some stuff under the down low. But um, so I'm pretty open actually. I'm going to be creating a new ebook. It's going to be all balanced meals, and it's going to be called Bounce Babe, just to like really nutrient-dense meals that will allow you to have a more sustainable vegan journey and to have a more healthy life. And I'm also going to start creating shirts, and I have a couple designs that I'm really interested in, but all this stuff is going to be in the summer, into summer, and uh, a couple other secret projects. (laughs) A couple other secret projects. So to end this episode, I would like to ask you a question that I'm going to ask all of the guests on the show. How would you advise the earthlings listening to keep growing like a lotus and create a life that they love while embodying their most authentic self? I think that it comes down to a couple simple words, which is just do what you want and accept where you are at the present moment. Because if you're not accepting where you are, you can't grow. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the future and what they want to do in the future and how they want in the future. And I think it's so important to realize that we're not promised tomorrow. So if you're not living today, then what's the point of thinking about your future, you know? And I think that it's so important to accept where you are also in the present moment. And if you're not necessarily where you want to be, or, you know, you can have a, say, say you have a body goal or something like that, which I think is okay to have as long as you still love yourself in the process and, you know, realize that you're constantly evolving and, Also, if you have a goal to, you know, say meditate every single day, I think it's really important to be easier on yourself and to just realize that, you know, you're here today and that's all you're promised. That's amazing. Well, thank you again so much for being the first guest here on the podcast. You've shared little golden nuggets of wisdom all throughout this chat, and I'm sure all the listeners have really enjoyed and appreciated hearing a bit of your story as much as I did. Where can everyone find you? Um, I have a YouTube that is just Pippin Jardine and an Instagram Pippin Jardine. It's just P-I-P-P-I-N-J-A-R-D-I-N-E. Awesome. Well, I will link everything down below for everyone to find you. And also for everyone listening, be sure to leave a review or a comment if you'd like Pippin to come back on the podcast and any specific topics you would like us to chat about. So, well, thank you. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Yeah, you too. All right. Talk to you later.